wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. You wish to have a curse reversed? Go to the wood and bring me back a cow as white as milk. These beans carry magic. The cape as red as blood. Oh dear, how uneasy I feel. The hair as yellow as corn. The slipper as pure as gold. Go to the wood! Nobody talked about it. It was kind of like the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where everyone was like, holy shit, it's the last one. It's going to be amazing. And then everything went to shit. And then nobody ever talked about it again. And there are little tiny babies out there named Khaleesi. That's so funny. No idea. That's so (laughs) funny to me. And they're just like, there's people with tattoos, Nadia. Like, just. Oh, I know. Oh, God. Yeah. But the the tattoo, it like, I can kind of understand that. Um, yeah because like i mean obviously a tattoo like is permanent but it's also not like it's not like an in like a decision that changes your life forever just in terms of how you will make decisions from that moment on i mean unless you get one on your face unless you get one on your face that's true yeah then you then you really can't work at a six flags so no (laughs) but you can be post malone but that's it but to have uh to have to have a child and to name her after a a tv a character on a tv show that hadn't ended yet yeah is nuts to me because look i'm gonna be real with you here one of the one of the names i proposed for the meatball which we ended up not using was petra um and then oh, we ended up from jane the virgin we ended up not using it because jane the virgin hadn't ended yet and we didn't know if petra was gonna turn into a bad guy dubs out to down trodden and dejected crestfallen grief stricken and exhausted trapped in my room while the house was burning to the motherfucking ground Probably should have known better. Let's dive into the woods of our podcast where we celebrate comedy <laughs> that has aged very poorly. I'm Nadia Vasquez. You could call me a witch. And I am joined as always by, well, I would say, the Probably Should have Kingdoms Prince, Tony Ginocchio. I wish. <laughs> I wish. More than anything, I wish more than life. I wish, I'd wish I'd chosen a different film. Hey, Nadia, how are you doing? <laughs> oh my god! Brought my I... daughter's toy piano down to the basement to do that bit. I am so happy right now. <laughs> that was amazing. Also, I mean, I know you can carry a tune, but that was lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, three semesters of ear training and sight singing in college. Uh, and so... Incredible. Uh, so I feel 
feel a lot of regret with this pick um, already. I I don't. Oh, sure. Okay, <gasps> so gonna be gonna be the usual, folks, uh, for yeah. the listeners. <laughs> gonna be me being like Tony. Where's your sense of whimsy? Also, this cast was miscast. Horribly miscast. Uh, and folks, yeah. hey, listeners, do you like fairy tales? You do? Well, how do you feel about post-tonal polyrhythmic bullshit you can't hum? That's right. (laughs) It's Into the Woods. The film adaptation from 2014, directed by Rob Marshall, based, of course, on the Broadway musical from 1987, with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, starring Anna Kendrick, Christine Baranski, Meryl Streep, James Corden, Johnny Depp, and Emily Pastat Blunt. Pastat Blunt, baby! (laughs) Um, so this, uh, this is kind of the continuation of a trend that started, I think, in the early 2010s. I mean, in some form has been around for decades, which is big budget musicals. But like, really with Les Mis uh, in 2012, moving forward, you had kind of a trend of like, we're going to take an old musical, Mm -hmm. we're going to throw a ton of money at it, we're going to get all A-list cast uh including some sort of like secret theater kid that was Anne Hathaway and then in this movie it's Anna Kendrick <laughs> right 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 and right. then uh we're going to just kind of hope it works out and i think it, you, you know i think Les Mis like i didn't love but um i like the musical a lot like i was like oh that's good source material like it's just they shouldn't mm-hmm. have done so many tracking shots that's really weird um but Into the Woods, I don't care for. What a weird choice. As a musical at all. It's such a weird choice. <laughs> there are so, I mean, obviously we've talked about In the Heights in previous episodes. That one should have been adapted years ago before everyone got the Lin-Manuel Miranda fatigue. Yes. I think, Before you know, he right... lip bit his way right out of our hearts. <laughs> I think, like, 2010 would have been perfect, but, of course, he did, like, Moana and all that shit. Mm -hmm. But if they had done that, it would have been great. You know, there are so many great... I mean, Tick, Tick, Boom's coming out, which is directed by Lin-Manuel. Yeah, that that I have some concerns about. I like Tick, Tick, Boom. I've seen it on stage. It's a good musical. It's a great musical. I mean, obviously, we have the Chris Columbus version of Rent, (laughs) Uh, which is, I think, divisive. I personally don't mind it. I think it's fine. I think it's really good, and it brought a lot of... I mean, it, musicals are really inaccessible in general mm-hmm. because it's for rich white people who can afford to go. Right. So when they do some sort of an adaptation in whatever form, which, you know, this the what they did during quarantine with Hamilton by putting it on Disney+, Plus, I thought that was really great. And, it and made it accessible. And that was a good... Uh, come from a way they're doing something similar right now, I believe, which is they're just, like, shooting the stage show. They're just putting yeah. a camera in the theater. <laughs> which they sh- should, because that is right. what it's it's meant to be. Okay, f- I, okay. <laughs> I'm very passionate about musical theater because musical theater is, it, there's nothing that can bring the emotion right. that that a musical theater show could bring. Even if it's bad, it's just like, wow. People are singing at me, and they're very good for the most part, unless, you know, you're seeing community theater. But, like, when you're seeing, like, a real professional show, it's like, wow, the dancing, the lights, there's a lot that goes into it. Why do we need to adapt it into a film? Right. And there are so many choices made in this adaptation in particular where it just carried over so poorly 
from the stage yeah. to the film, I think. Um, I think the and, first and... thing is is that they got to stop like cartoons. They need to start casting people who are in theater. Yes. Like they need to vo- they need to cast voiceover artists to do voiceover for right. cartoons. Like enough with the stars. No no more Shrek not... bullshit. Yeah. No more no more uh Chris Pratt as everyone. Okay? <laughs> Please, but like when when you adapt a musical, try to get the original cast if you can. Yeah. Like, I mean, in the Heights they couldn't do that because everyone got really old because it took so long. <laughs> but I think Bernadette Peters, and I'm sorry, I'm a huge Meryl Streep fan. Bernadette, Bernadette Peters should have been the this. witch. Should have been the witch. She should have been the witch. Should have been the witch, and I she would have kicked Meryl, ass. <laughs> Meryl is amazing in a lot of ways. But I personally don't think she's great in musicals. No, I think she was miscast in this. I agree. And there's no reason Bernadette Peters couldn't have, like, she's not too old for it. The role is a witch. and she's hot still. She's still, she's still pretty hot. Like, honestly, yes. Um, She, she (laughs) guested on um, Mozart in the Jungle, which is the dumbest series I've ever watched an entire season of in one day. And uh, <laughs> isn't that with Gael Garcia Bernal? Yes, yes, it is. Oh, he's so hot. He's so hot. A lot of hot people in that show, to be honest. Um, oh, okay. So if you just Go kind of it. ignore any of the writing, you might enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do that with a lot of other things. So, but but, uh, but she she guest stars in it. She's like the the main um, uh, donor to the orchestra or whatever, and she was in it. I'm like, you know what? She looks fantastic. Uh, oh, she's so I saw her perform with the symphony in San Francisco mm-hmm. and it was she's not only an incredible talent just vocally but just her presence yes is it's unmatched and I think the witch in this in this musical she played the uh witch in the original I think yeah she originated yeah. the role and, on Broadway yeah and she I mean her presence is undeniable she's incredible why wouldn't it translate? Yeah, when I was a kid, my parents uh, on a trip to New York took me to see uh, Annie Get Your Gun, and she was the Ooh. she was the Annie Oakley in that. And I think I think Brian Stokes Mitchell may have been Frank Butler. I mean, it was it, 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 I sound so fucking up my own ass, but it she's she's very good. She would have been a better choice than Meryl Streep. But I think the other thing, Nadia, is like this musical tonally and i mean like in terms of its mood not in terms of like its actual chord structure although i have some notes on that as well yeah yeah yeah, we all do (laughs) tonally um we'll say between acts one and two takes a very hard turn um and and the original musical did too although for slightly different reasons so you really need a good lead to sell like there's some like really cute tongue-in-cheek stuff that kind of happens in act one and then Act right. Two, which was originally a metaphor for the AIDS crisis, uh, is extremely dark. Uh, and so it's like, who's the actor that can balance both of that perfectly? And you're like, of course, it must be James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just get this out of the way. James Corden was cast in this before he was James Corden as we know him now. Uh-huh. So he he was doing a show on Hulu called Future Man, Mm -hmm. I think, and it was like a duo show, and he was like a comedy guy. He was a British comedy guy, but he also could sing. He loved to sing and and dance, yeah. And so they started putting him in more and more and more musicals. This is the first time he was like a big like lead in something before his show. So this was basically the introduction of James Corden to a mass audience yeah and so 
you know, th- this podcast is supposed to be about comedy films, and this film is not comedic all the way through, but every movie with James Corden in it is technically a comedy, and in another very direct way, is also a tragedy. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, I don't think he's untalented, but I think he is a little too theatery. Well, speaking of very bad musical adaptations, you watch Cats. No, I refuse. Yeah, I turned it off after forty minutes. Um, uh, oh, that's that's further. I mean, I I mean, I don't want to divide our audience yet again by <laughs> mentioning that Taylor Swift is involved, and therefore I don't want to watch it. Well, yeah, we didn't but... we didn't get to the Taylor Swift part. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we. Oh, she's not even in. I thought she was in it like start to finish. That's why. I no, no, it. no. She she has like one or two songs, but like once Ian McKellen showed up and was just going meow meow, I was like, I can't fucking do this shit. Um. <laughs> Idris Elba's in it though, right? Idris Elba's in it, and he's the he's the evil cat. Um, oh fuck yeah! And then James Corden plays, and this is the character's real name, Bustopher Jones, which is the cat <laughs> the cat that eats a lot, basically. Um, oh. the, basic, that bums me out. Yeah, it's yeah, it sucks. Um, well, I let's talk about specifically into the woods yeah. for people who have never heard of the show or have seen the movie. It is a musical. It's a very long musical, (laughs) usually. I was in a junior version of it that was condensed into 60 minutes, and I feel like it was a little more uh, palatable. Well, you you probably only did act one, is my guess, because a lot of school adaptations only do the first act. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I didn't even know the second act existed at the time. Again, I grew up very poor, so I didn't, I didn't have access to theater. So I Our, our family only got musical. one act of musicals. <laughs> I thought that that was it. So I thought that that was it. So when in theater school, I don't remember when, what class we watched it in, there was a second act and I was like, what? And it was really a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> because this musical really isn't, uh... A happy ending type no. of thing, and, and it, at the time, I'm sure it was very edgy. Yeah. To have you know fairy tales play out to be more realistic and terrible. Yeah. The way life sometimes can be. Uh, but yeah, it's. Can you explain? I mean, no. What the I, fuck this is no, about? No, I, I can't. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the deal. So so Act One of the musical uh, is basic. Uh, let me back up a second. So Stephen Sondheim wrote. Now, Stephen Sondheim's written uh, a lot of musicals. Several of them were adapted into films. In fact, Sweeney Todd came out maybe four or five years before this one. Um, And that's another Sondheim musical. It's a very distinct musical style uh, where it does a lot of, like, kind of very post-tonal kind of, like, weird augmented and diminished chords. And then a lot of just cramming as many syllables in syncopated uh, patterns, like against that, you've as you lost can. so many people. Yeah, what, what I'm you're it's so technical. What I'm saying is, if you're into like your kind of nice toe tapping, like fun, uh, hand clapping, major key tunes, this is not it. This musical sounds this is, this is not a spigadoon, real, whatever yeah, it's yeah, yeah, uh, really fucking dark and yeah. a lot of words. Um, is basically yeah, so how I would describe the music of Sondheim. It's, um, this particular show is uh, taking the classic uh, fairy tales that we know and love and turns them on their heads. On their heads. 
Instead of uh, getting a happy ending, we get to see what happens later, according to Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> this man is a little sick. So, but we know that from Sweeney Todd when, it, you know, that whole thing is about meat pies and yeah, the bodies. eating people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we know. <clears throat> so this is all to say um, what you see in the first act is a bunch of like kind of, okay, a bunch of intersecting Grimm's fairy tales. And uh, one of them is uh, Cinderella, played by Anna Kendrick, who wants to go to the ball right and then you know she goes to the ball we never see the fucking ball in the movie we only see her running away from it but you know Mm -hmm. she loses her slipper the prince played by chris pine you know chases after her that sort of thing you have he's so hot he he, yeah he's good looking man you have um jack from jack and the beanstalk whose uh cow has stopped making milk so he's got to sell off his beloved cow milky white he ends up selling it for three magic beans, which, as we all know, will grow a beanstalk that Jack will climb up and find a giant's castle. We never see the giant's castle. We just see Jack coming down from the beanstalk. Right. Uh, you got Rapunzel. Uh, she's in her tower. She's letting down her hair. There's a different Prince Charming uh, that's after her. So you see two different Prince Charmings, and they bump into each other Yeah, at, at one point. Um, you have Little Red Riding Hood going to visit her granny, pursued by a wolf who is actually a pedophile, played by Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp! <laughs> I like the casting of Johnny Depp as a sexual predator. It feels right. It feels right. Yeah, uh, it's a little too typecasty but, for me. But the main uh, storyline is James Corden uh, plays an unnamed baker, and his wife is played by Emily Blunt, and they have... They want a child they can't conceive, and it turns out, as they learn from uh, the witch next door, played by Meryl Streep, it's because Meryl Streep put a curse on their house uh, years ago, and so if they want to reverse the curse, uh, they have to uh, help the witch make a potion using the cow as white as milk, the hair as yellow as coal, uh, as corn, uh, the cape as red as blood, and the uh, shoe as gold as something, whatever. Um, the point is, you may recognize all four of those items because I just described them in the other four storylines. So mm-hmm. we get a lot of kind of crisscrossing storylines and songs and stuff like that. And uh, they get all the items. Uh, Emily Blunt drinks the potion, which is apparently just straight up mega cum because she becomes super pregnant right away. And No, uh, Meryl Streep drinks it. Drinks Meryl Streep drinks it, but and then becomes young. just r- right. randomly gets pregnant. Oh, okay. So like she didn't even drink the potion. So so that happens, and then we have a big royal wedding as Cinderella marries the prince. That's Act One. Uh, act Two: uh, Another giant comes down from the beanstalk and starts indiscriminately killing the main characters at random intervals throughout. Um, well, yeah, I mean, her husband got killed yeah, by Jack. Right, so right. So this is the giant's wife. We never see the giant's wife directly, by the way. We only see her um, from a distance or, or her foot. Now, in the original musical, which came out again kind of at the height of the AIDS crisis, this was meant metaphorically, as Sondheim has said in interviews, for the AIDS crisis, which was killing people indiscriminately in the theater community. Um, so it's really dark and the music's really dark and there's a lot of characters debating whether they should offer a child sacrifice to the giant to make it go yeah. away. Uh, they end up, uh, tricking the giant and defeating it. And then, uh, there's a very sad song at the end and then we get the credits. It's very sad. Usually I cry a lot. 
And because when Bernadette Peters sings the final song, mm-hmm. uh, it's very moving. But in this one, I was like, oh, thank God this is over. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know that James Corden had the lead role in this and narrated mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about what's different mm-hmm. about the the movie adaptation. Um, they cut a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. They cut some um, storylines, like Rapunzel runs away with the prince eventually, but in the musical, she gets pregnant with twins and then gets crushed by the giant. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't happen. Um, there is. There is usually a narrator, not played by James Corden. Like a separate character. A separate character that will eventually play the baker's father in like a flashback type of thing. Mm -hmm. Slash like I'm talking to you from the dead kind of vibe. And then they cut out basically all of the beautiful songs that you are, (laughs) that you remember at the end of the musical. Because they kept everything in the movie that is just um, exposition basically. (laughs) And anything related to plot. But all of the memorable beautiful music that you leave the theater thinking about and singing later on it's just gone yeah instead just it's very upsetting loud repeated f minor chord with i wish um so (sighs) that being said there is one bit of good news which is that we've never done a movie from 2014 before Uh, oh my god so we get to explore a new year nadia what was going on in 2014 let me tell you about 2014 bud okay so this was the year of Malaysian airliner MH370 that vanished without a trace. Find that fucking plane. <laughs> what? 239 people on board disappeared. We don't know where they are. Still, to this day, have not found them. Uh, 2014 was also the year Betty White was awarded the Guinness World Record for longest TV career for an entertainer, female. She <laughs> debuted on TV in 1939. So she's mm. been around for a long time. We haven't seen her since possibly her SNL thing. I don't know where she is. Hope she's okay. Uh, 2014. Oh, my gosh. Do you guys remember the Ice Bucket Challenge? That was the year <laughs> that the ALS Association received $100.9 million in donations compared to the usual $2.8 million during the same period of the year uh, because of that meme and everybody challenging each other. I personally thought people were just doing videos of themselves but they were also donating yeah i mean it's uh it's like one of the only memes that's ever done something good yeah <laughs> honestly it's true oh here's here's something fun in 2014 jimmy fallon took over the tonight show from jay leno because Ugh. jay leno stole that from conan <laughs> yeah but at least now we get fallon <laughs> And now we have Fallon, and now, you know, there's a whole lot that happened right after that, so <laughs> that's fun. Okay, 2014, harken back. Think about days, the days of yore when streaming wasn't necessarily the number one place mm-hmm. to go for good TV. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that wasn't that long ago because House of Cards was the biggest show on TV, but it was a streamer. Right. And it totally flipped the entertainment industry on its head. Everyone was like, we need to be doing streaming shows. We need to get big stars to do streaming shows. This obviously led to Kevin Spacey. (laughs) I want every sexual predator in Hollywood in this show. Yeah. So that was a whole thing. Uh, 2014 was a really big year for streaming because they realized that people didn't necessarily need to 
you know, have cable. <laughs> so the cord cutting <laughs> phenomenon started even then. Um, okay, here's another one. Ellen hosted the Oscars that year <laughs> and took that stupid celebrity selfie that, quote unquote, broke the Internet. You know, what's funny and- is the <laughs> caption on that selfie, if I remember correctly, <laughs> is Kevin Spacey for the win. <laughs> I'm going to confirm so that right now, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Wow. Oscar's photo. Uh, let's see here. As part of a Samsung promotion. Yep, Kevin Spacey for the win. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, there we are. <laughs> um, additionally, that is the year that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West got married. The top songs of that year were Eminem featuring Rihanna, The Monster, Pitbull featuring Kesha, Timber, which is a great song. That is uh, a good song. Katy, Katy Perry featuring Juicy J, Dark Horse, John Legend's All of Me and all of the subsequent remixes that happened. Uh, Taylor Swift, I'm Not Always a Hater, Shake It Off came out that year. Mm-hmm. Also, a huge year for children, Let It Go by Adina Menzel from the Frozen soundtrack. Oh. One of the biggest songs of the year. But this one is really cool. The biggest song of the year was Pharrell Williams' Happy, and I'm in that music and video. And you're in the music video, yeah! <laughs> yeah! So that's really fun. Um, the top shows of the year, I always cover that. Really funny. Number one, Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Number two, The Big Bang Theory. Sure. Number three, NCIS. Number four, NCIS New Orleans. Hell yeah. And number five, Empire. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Starting so we, it was it was it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like a really long time ago. It does feel like a very long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. Yeah, I mean it it is funny to think about you know, wherever Kevin Spacey and Ellen DeGeneres are right now. Yeah. <laughs> I sure hope they're both doing great. I mean, they have so much money, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it, do- it doesn't matter. I actually saw um, saw Ellen's set on the Warner Brothers uh, studio tour once. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it looks like a talk show set. I wouldn't say it's very exciting. Um, I mean, so. I went to, I went to um, a taping of it with my mom and my friend Chelsea and... Uh, there's so much fucking dancing that you have right. to do in between. And uh, my mom was like, we're going to get a gift. Like, every time you go to a talk show, you're going to get some sort of gift. They're going to be like, look under your chair. She was, like, looking under her chair every five minutes, thinking that they were, like, <laughs> slipping stuff under the chair. We got no gifts, but we got, like, an extra 20 minutes in the gift shop. And everything was, like, $50. And my mom was so pissed. She's like, I danced for nothing. Yeah. She just, she was pissed. And Ellen... My mom has never forgiven you. Yeah. And ne- neither has the most of America. Neither, neither has anyone who's ever worked for you on your show. <laughs> um, the only person that likes you is George W. Bush, and that's because you helped him do 9-11. Anyways, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> let's talk about the movie. You know, the first question, which I wrote down here, and I kind of addressed it from my end, but it's, does the music of Stephen Sondheim blow? I don't think so. <laughs> I I don't. It's he's not my favorite mm-hmm. uh, songwriter slash composer yeah. slash whatever Broadway guy. Yeah, Broadway guy. He's not my favorite, but the children will listen song mm-hmm. just wrecks me emotionally. It's it's a gorgeous song. Okay. I'm not saying all of the songs in this musical are good. 
Um, but, but that one, yeah, it fucks me up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's done some good things. I mean, famously, he wrote the lyrics to one of my favorite musicals, which is West Side Story, uh, oh. which is also being adapted into a big-budget film this year. I don't think it's the right time to inflame Italian-Puerto Rican tensions, but mm, it is coming out later this year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so he's done some good stuff, but, like, the first, I would say, by the 45-second mark in this movie, I was like, okay, I've had it. I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kept going because that opening tune is 15 minutes long it's really long <laughs> i mean it's one thing here's the thing it's one thing when it's an incredible theatrical performer like joanna gleason yeah big production but it's number another or something thing. yeah it's another thing when it's james Corden, emily blunt and anna kendrick singing very obviously with auto-tune yeah, with auto-tune, just like very, just in a very poorly lit set, uh, <laughs> just about how miserable they are. Right. Um, so yeah, so this is I Wish, uh, which is the, the opening uh, tune. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's kind of the most most blatantly obvious example of an I Want song in Broadway, right? Which is, you mm-hmm. know, early on in the show when the main character just lists the things they want to do. My favorite is the, uh, Jack um, is trying to milk the cow. The cow's not giving any milk. And I think he tries to milk the bull. And the mom's like, that's a bull. It's not going to give any milk. And I'm like, is Jack trying to jerk off that cow? I think it's a little... I didn't think they did a very good job with Jack, because I kept thinking he wanted to fuck the cow. <laughs> there like, is a, this kid, he's good. He's a really good performer. I don't know who he is. There is a but, lot of people wanting to fuck other people in this movie. Some of it is intentional, and then some of it is not. Some of it, it when it's not, it's like, oh, no. And I think that vibe happened with the cow. Because in the musical, he's like, this is my best friend. Like, right. we're besties. Right. But in this one, they didn't establish that in, in a way that made sense. That and justified so like, how badly he wanted to be with that cow. I was like, why does he want to fuck this cow? But he's a child. It was really bad. I didn't like that. Yeah. Also, they made the mom less mean. Okay. She's pretty mean, but she's not. She's meaner in the musical for sure. Interesting. Um, yeah, again, it, it is like, and then we also have, so we have Anna Kendrick, also a Cinderella, saying, I, I wish to go to the festival, and then, um, her stepmother is Christine Baranski, uh, and she has two wicked stepsisters, uh, and they're like, yeah, you Did not- you know that the, one of the wicked stepsisters played Anne Hathaway's wicked stepsister in Ella Enchanted? I did not know that. Oh, She's that's... like always playing the wicked stepsister. That's a tough typecast right there. <laughs> I know. She's really good. I really like her. Yeah. I forgot her name. Sorry. Yeah. Not that she's listening. Yeah, whoever you are. Good for you. Um, <laughs> good for you. Uh, and then we have um, Emily Blunt and James Corden, whose characters don't have names, I believe, at all in the nope. musical. Um, Baker so, and Baker's wife. Baker and Baker's wife. They don't have kids. They're visited by Little Red Riding Hood. James Corden just is doing his whole fucking James Corden thing throughout. I don't suppose you're planning on buying any of these, like that sort of thing. Yeah, just slack mouth Yeah. <laughs> acting. He never closes his fucking mouth. His mouth is open for the full two-hour duration of the film. It's like, stuff has got to get in there, bud. And, and uh, you know, by minute seven, at which point we are still in the first song, and I'm, like, worried at this point that the whole musical is going to be sung through and sound exactly like this. And it's not, but it's pretty close. Yeah. 
Um, but this is where Meryl Streep comes in. Yeah, um, and it's supposed to be this really cool moment, and it's not. No, and and even for a Meryl Streep fan, I was I was like, oh, it's Meryl. Like it wasn't like exciting. And she, I think she's like crazy overdoing it as the old hag witch. Later, she becomes the young and beautiful witch. But right, I really think she is overdoing it, and also. You know, incredibly graphic description of why she cursed the house. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that James Corden's dad stole vegetables uh, from her garden. Which she describes in song as robbing me, raping me, rooting out the rutabaga, raiding my arugula. Yeah, Sondheim's got to chill. <laughs> I mean, you know what? He he, he had a point with that he, ha- that he wanted to make. And I think he made it. <laughs> like, okay, so just backing up for a second. This movie's rated PG. Yep. Like, this, this was, like, marketed to a very broad audience. Um, right. It was a very big commercial uh, marketing campaign. And imagine you're a high school theater kid. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Go yeah, on. okay, yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, we're there. Um, imagine you're a high school theater kid, and you're like, oh, my God. They're making Into the Woods into a musical. I've never seen Into the Woods. Uh, And, oh, my God, look at this cast. Meryl Streep. I love Meryl Streep. Oh, Anna Kendrick. I loved her in Pitch Perfect. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm so excited. Stephen Sondheim's supposed to be amazing. I hear so many good things about him. I've got to check this movie out. And then you go to the movie, and it's fucking this. Yeah. It's just like... It's really disappointing, honestly, because they're... (sighs) The, the the actors they picked are not bad actors. They're really actually very talented, but maybe it was the direction? I can't decide. Again, everyone in this movie is in a different musical, which in turn is different than the actual <laughs> musical that this is based on. Yeah, 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 for sure. But you are right. I think Meryl was overdoing it. She was overdoing it because she had to compensate for not having the voice. Let's be real. Let's be real, folks. Let's be real. She's no Bernadette. She's no Bernadette. She's no Bernadette. It's fucking Meryl. How dare I say this? But I say it. I'm controversial yet brave. Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters, come on the show. We will have you on the show. Please. But here's the thing. When, When you have an incredible actor like Meryl Streep doing something that maybe she's not super great at like belting i think that it's okay to be like maybe we should recast yeah but yeah. they didn't they didn't and she got nominated for an oscar for this role unbelievable who else who else was nominated it must have been like a dry year hang on best supporting i know our listeners have been telling us they love when i uh google things just during the course of the show um, That's be... really funny because I always assume that you'd cut it. Oh no, I leave it in. Okay, so <laughs> Meryl Streep. Okay, so Meryl Streep. The other nominees. Oh boy, this was a really shitty year. Um, Laura Dern for Wild. I mean, I love Laura Dern. Um, Kira mm-hmm. Knightley for The Imitation Game, which is a movie everyone forgot. Uh, Emma Stone in Birdman, which is completely unwatchable. And then uh, the woman who actually won and a movie that I thought was actually good, uh, Patricia Arquette for Boyhood uh, was the winner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Boyhood sucked, but she was great in it. Okay, well, we can disagree on Boyhood. Uh, So Yeah, yeah, we'll disagree on Boyhood. So uh, this is all to say, you know, you're seeing this movie for the first time. 15 minutes in, Meryl Streep is like, you took my vegetables and that is rape. And then you're, 
And then you're like, okay, just keep me moving here. James Corden has to find four things. Uh, four things. Yes. So that's fine. That's fine. And then you're like, okay, well, as long as there's not another song about rape immediately after this song, <laughs> I should be fine. Unfortunately, uh, we go to Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Uh, so Little Red Riding Hood in the theater, in the stage version of this, is pretty annoying. Uh-huh. She's like, she eats the, all of the baker's stuff. She's usually played by someone um, more rosy, I guess you could say. Like, a little more optimistic, but like has an edge to her. Mm-hmm. The casting for this role in the movie I don't think was great. It, ultimately a forgettable actress. I'm so sorry. Uh, but she just came off as very, like, negative and uh, irritating. <laughs> and it really bummed me out because this is a really good role. It is a good role. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, I could see in a stage production, like, the wolf being a good role, too. It's a great role. Also, usually in the stage production, like, his penis is hanging out. Yeah, like, it, it is, su- <laughs> like, it's supposed to be explicitly rapey, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so Little Red Riding Hood, as we all know, she's heading to her grandma's house because her grandma's not feeling well. And so she is told by her mom, do not stray, do not be misled. And then Johnny Depp shows up. And, and the whole audience <laughs> yells out, watch out, girl, it's Johnny Depp. Oh, so he does a little number about how delicious and plump she is. How looks. supple she is, yeah. Mm, so supple. And, uh, but this girl is like, She's stage, or she's TV thin. Like, (laughs) they couldn't have sprung for, like, come on. But okay. You couldn't bulk up for Into the Woods. I mean, let fat actresses have their roles. You know what I mean? Like, it's just very upsetting to me. As a kid that was always cast as, like, an old woman because I was a little on the chubby side, like, (laughs) let her have her fun. But anyway, uh, so there is that, a very uncomfortable song, and it goes on for a really long time. It's a a decent length song, yeah. Uh, And then we eventually get to Jack. Yes. So, Jack... You know, he's he's got the cow, which he's trying to sell. He doesn't want to sell, but he has to. Yeah. He runs. They are all in the woods together, bumping into each other. He runs into Emily Blunt and James Corden. Uh, and so. It, like, uh, if you were any normal child, if you ran into James Corden in a forest, you should run away. You'd be like, oh, I look at the time. I have to be somewhere else. And so. <laughs> Uh, but nice. Emily Blunt and James Corden are like, oh, shit, cow is white as milk. That's exactly what we're looking for. Perfect. Uh, and they're like, hey, uh, we'll buy that uh, cow from you. And the boy, and they're like, that cow still gives milk, right? And the boy's like, uh, sure, lying. And, <laughs> and then Emily Blunt and James Corden are like, uh, well, we don't have any money, uh, but we have these magic beans because uh, the witch, like, left some beans behind. Um, so you know where this is going. Those beans are actually magic. Nobody knows that yet. But uh, they're like, we'll trade you the beans for the cow. And you can always come buy the cow back if you want, uh, which is also a lie. Um, there's a lot of lying in this uh, musical, which is fine. That's a convention of musicals. But uh, right. basically, they get a hold of the cow, and they're like, one down, three to go. 
Yes, right, exactly. And uh, Jack goes back to his mom and is like, bitch, I got some beans. I got and some then, magic beans. And she hits him on the head and is like, you're so fucking stupid. And right. then the beanstalk immediately starts growing. We're not wasting any time. No, we had to cut this down to to a roomy two hours. So, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, meanwhile, we have, um, just following up on Red Riding Hood storyline, the wolf eats her, like, at the end of the song, or uh, in, in a later scene. Eats her and her grandma, and Corden finds the wolf and basically slices Red Riding Hood and her grandma out of the wolf's be- belly, which, like, many interesting things in this movie happens off-camera, and you only see... yeah. The response to it. Now, obviously, I get doing that on stage. Like, you can't cut a person open on stage. You can't right. show the giant's castle at the top of the beanstalk on stage, maybe. You can't show the ball right. on stage. You right. should show it in the movie. I mean, if you're going to do the you, movie, you might as well. Yeah, and if you don't, maybe you shouldn't be doing the fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, that's another conversation <laughs> that we should have, which is, should this have been made? Absolutely not. Uh, no. But I need the reason I call it the Red Riding Hood scene is when uh, Red Riding Hood comes out of the wolf's belly, she says, I should have known better. And I literally yelled at yeah. my screen, that's like our podcast. That's what I did, too. I was like, hey! Uh, but, yeah, but as a thank you, because earlier James Corden tried to steal her uh, cape Yes. She she gave it to him instead. She's yes. like, why don't you just have this? Yeah. And he was like, great, thank you. And now I got this other thing. But in the, while all of that was happening, Emily Blunt lost the cow. Lost the cow because she, because Cinderella was running away from the ball. And again, we don't see the ball. And <laughs> Emily You're so Blunt. so mad about that. I'm very mad. Emily Blunt, um... It's either, I'm sorry, either record the show in the theater or show me the ball. It's I know. A, I understand. I it's understand. A ball, like you gotta show it. It's supposed to be. This is where the the budget should go. Like, ugh. anyways, if she sees Anna Kendrick running away from the ball, she chases after her. When she chases after her, she loses the cow. So Corden's picked up the cape. Blunt's lost the cow. Now I I sound like a fucking idiot saying these sentences out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. And so, uh, and, and then following uh, Cinderella uh, is Chris Pine on horseback. Oh my god! Let me just talk to you about Chris Pine real quick. <laughs> I have become obsessed with Chris Pine by this point in my life, 2014. Mm-hmm. So he is the reason why I went to go see this movie in theaters. Because when I saw the Star Trek movie, I saw it in IMAX, mm-hmm. and his upper lip is humongous. Yes, okay. and that is arguably one of his best traits. <laughs> And so I thought, this is going to be great. He's going to be Prince Charming. Let me tell you something. Pleasantly surprised at his singing ability. Yeah, he can sing okay. He's doing a weird accent in the movie. Okay, here's the other thing. (laughs) Who is fucking British in this movie and who is not? (laughs) What country are we in? It's just the... Anna Kendrick with her, everyone's all British and like fancy sounding, and Anna Kendrick's like, I want to go to the festival. It's like it doesn't work for me. Yeah, the brothers Graham are from Germany, uh, so that was. <laughs> so everyone should have sounded like Jurgen. Everyone should British sound like Jurgen. That's exactly right. Everyone should be a Jurgenaut. Uh, so. <laughs> but but Chris Pine, he he's doing um, he's doing what? Le- okay. 
I'm going to describe this as a theater kid would describe it. The quarterback of the football team Mm -hmm. needs to bump his GPA. So he needs to take a liberal arts class and they put him in theater. Yes. And he's not a bad singer, but he has bad habits. (laughs) And one of the habits is to make his S's sound like S-H. Oh, interesting. Show, show there's this. And it's like, it's a bad habit that a lot of people have. Just saying his S is like Goofy the Disney character. <laughs> yes. But I was still really, I really enjoyed it. And he was yeah. very smart. Well, of course in he did. Because he he's hot. Be. He's hot. My, if I mean, my wife had watched this movie with me, she would have been like, you know, Chris Pine did a very good job. I'd be like, you just think he's hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because he is. What a beautiful set of eyes also. Uh, but he's he's great. But so, what we need to know is that the princess or Cinderella isn't super convinced that she likes the prince. Right. Yeah. She's not super into him. She's having second thoughts. That's why she run, runs away from the ball. Right. Uh, so, but Emily Blunt she's, sees she's got the shoes that she needs. So. She loses the cow. She doesn't get the shoe. James Corden has the cape, but that's all he has. Um, and then clock strikes midnight. That's the end of the first night. They got three nights to get these fucking things. Yeah. So. When do we get introduced uh, to Rapunzel? Soon? We, I think we already did. Let's talk about Rapunzel. Okay, so, so Rapunzel is James Corden's sister. Long lost sister, yes. <laughs> But then we never touch upon that again. That's... Like we hear about that before in the in the opening witch monologue about rape. <laughs> and she's like, I stole the baby. And he's like, I have a brother. And she's like, no, you have a sister. And then we never talk about it again. <laughs> but we do see her in the tower with her very long hair. And the other Prince Charming, who is also hot in a different way, <laughs> uh, <laughs> watches and is like, she's hot. I want to make out with her face. Just the the episode of The Office where they read Michael's diary in the deposition. And it's like, and then there's Ryan, who's as hot as Jan, but in a different way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this guy is hot in a different way than Chris Pine, okay? Right. And so, so we, we figure out that the witch is holding Rapunzel hostage. Right. Um, so, uh, he climbs up her hair, like, he's with Rapunzel, he climbs down, he meets the other Prince Charming, they get a song together, uh, called Agony, um, slash Why Did They Run From Me. It's not a bad song. It's not a bad song, and it's a cute, it's a cute concept, for sure. Yeah. Usually, in, in the stage, I'm gonna be annoying and be like, in the stage musical, it's really funny. They did a really good job, it translated well, there, it's very dramatic, uh, like one of them, like Chris Pine, like opens his shirt and the other prince is like, I'm going to open my shirt also. It's very cute. It's one of the few entertaining songs mm-hmm. in the musical. Yeah. Uh, so they do that. Um, Emily Blunt is wandering. A lot of this is just people wandering and they just happen to bump into each other. Really good way to advance the plot. Um, and so yeah. she runs into Rapunzel. And so she figures out, oh, this is the hair as yellow as corn. This is the fourth thing. Um, and so, uh, all that happens, uh, Cinderella runs from the ball again, again, we never see the, never see the ball, uh, Emily Blunt (laughs) tries and fails again to chase Cinderella and gets, uh, and get her shoe, she fails, James Corden finds the cow, so now they have the cape and the cow, um, and then he and Emily Blunt get a song together called It Takes Two, um, which actually sounds like an actual song, 
Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's believable that Emily Blunt would be interested in someone like James Corden, but. I mean, she's it's... interested in John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah, but, but John, John Krasinski is like a CIA operative that probably is blackmailing her into marrying Yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> so, it also helps, it uh, also helps Tony that he's tall. That's true. That's true. He's like 6'3". Yeah, sorry. Uh, side note, just real quick. We didn't get a chance to talk about Pete Davidson. <laughs> uh, folks, if you're tall and you have Crohn's disease, you too can land a hot Armenian girlfriend. Uh, oh my just like Pete Davidson did. I can't believe... I mean, I can. I can. Now, at, at this point, he he's been able to be with Ariana Grande, who is like my love. Right. And... Kim Kardashian and Kate Beckinsale, like he's got to be cool. I just, I, I have, I. He's got to be. He's got to be cool. He's, he's got to be really dick. funny. <laughs> in some context, other than his movie or every episode of Saturday Night Live. He he has he's got something. I'm sure. I personally, I personally am curious at this point. I'm sure he's great, like, in the blunt rotation, right? Like, I'm sure he's a good guy <laughs> to smoke weed with. Hey, speaking of blunt, let's get back to Into the Woods. And, <laughs> yes! And so... That was great. Uh, second midnight passes, they got two of their things, but uh, things get com- uh, complicated because the cow just drops dead. Yeah, we don't know why, but she dies. Yeah. Uh why why (laughs) this is just so long it's so long so then i i don't know we can just kind of race through this next stuff there's like okay uh uh the witch yells at rapunzel for talking to a man and she cuts off rapunzel's hair and then um jack we we see jack climbing down from the giant's palace with the golden egg we see jack climb down from the giant's palace with the magic harp um terrible storytelling choices we never see the giant we never see the castle um yeah also and... the second prince is blinded because the witch finds out that he's yes. visiting rapunzel so she like makes him fall off his horse into a thicket of thorns and then which blind him but only yeah. temporarily because he can see later in the musical this sucks so bad I'm he, sorry. he can see because he was healed by the tears of rapunzel once he saves her from the swamp in which she was imprisoned. <sighs> okay, so then Cinderella flees the ball again. Uh, no ball. Show, I wrote down, show me the ball one fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she does get stuck in some tar. She gets stuck in some tar. Uh, Emily Blunt grabs one of the slippers. The prince grabs the other. Um, the prince goes to Cinderella's house and looks for her uniquely shaped foot. Uh, the stepmother <laughs> mutilates her daughter's feet to try to force a fit. It doesn't work. And then the stepsisters, uh, the the prince Mary, uh, the prince finds Cinderella. The stepsisters uh, get their eyes gouged out by a murder of crows. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're Cinderella's pals, and they're like, "You guys are shitty." Here's the thing about Cinderella in general: that uh, story always makes me really upset because. If the if the prince is hanging out with the princess all night long, shouldn't he know what she looks like? I, like, come on, man! It wasn't a masquerade or shit. Like, it was just not like, like oh, Ever After is the only movie that ever did that right. Yeah, well, Ever After did a lot of things right that this movie does not. Okay, <laughs> ever like Ever After is good as shit, man. Ugh. I like it. 
And it's the same so guy good. that directed Hitch, I think. <laughs> no way! Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't win them all. Um, no, Ever After is good as shit. I would have much rather watch that than this. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so uh, they have the hair, they have the cape, they have the shoe, they have the cow. It's a fake cow painted white. Um, they bring it to the witch. The witch is like, this isn't the same cow. And they're like, well, the old cow died. The witch is like, well, I'll just bring the old cow back to life. Which I'm like, okay, well, if we could fucking do that the whole time, why do we got to get four things for you anyway? You can literally raise the dead. And so <laughs> there's a long sequence with like, she can't use Rapunzel's hair, but then they just get the hair off of the ear of corn. Uh, yeah, she can't use Rapunzel's hair because she's she not allowed to touch the ingredients. And she it. obviously was touching Rapunzel's hair because she... Locked her in a tower. Whatever. She also failed to mention that was his sister. I just, I, like, <laughs> what am I supposed to enjoy here? Like, what am I supposed to watch and be like, this is a good use of my time? See, usually if you were, say, like a suburban mom, mm-hmm. you'd be like, it's great to see Meryl do this. <laughs> yes you know but yeah we're moms not. be moms be loving meryl streep <laughs> but we're not a suburban mom and we're like this is fucking ridiculous but she drinks the cum juice and then it turns and she turns into like this hot turns in, yeah hot milf meryl streep yeah yeah and uh emily blunt immediately becomes like nine months pregnant and is just like thank god i don't have to have sex with james corbin <laughs> No, she's got to have sex with John Krasinski. Yeah. Uh, what else happens? Uh, well, everything basically gets fixed. There's a big wedding at the palace, and this is the Act 1 finale. And then during the wedding, a massive earthquake hits, knocks over a tower of the castle, completely devastates the woods. It is the second giant, who is AIDS. And... <laughs> They don't, Mrs. AIDS herself. They don't say that in the musical, but it is it is, like it is AIDS. Like that's what this was originally supposed to be. <laughs> so weird, but okay. And, uh, go off Sondheim, but yeah. she is the wife of the witch that falls from the beanstalk in a previous scene that Jack uh killed the wife of the giant, wife of the giant. Yes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jack, obviously, as we all know, cuts down the beanstalk. Yeah. And we don't think... Which we don't hmm. see, by the way, in the fucking movie. Yeah, but we don't think when we are kids, we're not like, oh, the giant dies. That's really sad. No. But in this case, the giant had a wife and probably yeah. some kids, and that's really sad, and she's here for revenge. Yeah, I love... <laughs> I love just thinking about the rippling effects of death on a family uh, when <laughs> I watch my fantasy musical movies. She's... And pissed and she is looking for jack she wants to know who killed her husband so that she could smush him i guess yes exactly so she's smushing people with her uh foot uh kind of and then we hear that she destroyed the kingdom and the village we don't get to see that not none of that you're you're being told a lot of things have happened in this This movie and that's of all of the rules which is show don't tell show don't tell and, and like, and again, like, think about why they're doing this. Like, no, we can't show all that. We got to make sure we got James Corden's giant open mouth fucking Pillsbury face <laughs> on the screen for as long as we possibly can. So all of the, um, 
characters find each other and and there's a scene where the baker says if we're going to get through this we have to stick together which again is kind of an important message it would have been an important message like during the height of the aids crisis right right uh but uh but hits different in 2014 uh when the metaphor does not hold up as well and then uh other stuff that's going on here like james corden doesn't want to be a dad uh, which... Dude, what have you been doing this entire I, time? I cannot believe that. Like, <laughs> I have been sitting here for an hour and 40 minutes, <laughs> and you Just don't want the child? When he... I want to get the line, because I wrote it down, because it's so fucking... So, oh, it's, it's when they get the cow for the first time. So it's much earlier in the film, and James Corden says... You know, I'm not sure I'm cut out to be a father. And I just, like, yelled out loud. That's a terrible time to bring that up. Oh, my God. So there's that. So James Gordon is a spaz as a dad. Uh, yes. Emily Blunt runs into Chris Pine. And guess what? He's horny. This was always a surprise. <laughs> I forgot that this was a thing. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the, the baker's wife runs into the prince. And he's horny. He can't find his bride i guess yeah can't find like he's like i want to make out with your face (laughs) and she makes out with his face she makes out with his face and like she sings i mean who wouldn't yeah i mean she sings why not both which is a another famous uh song uh about how you know it's tough because she has a kid and she's married to james corden but also she kind of wants to fuck chris pine so i mean who wouldn't (laughs) Like, look, if those were my two choices, yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> yeah, and his, she's like, what about the princess? And he's like, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't understand me. She doesn't get we, me. We've been having some problems. So Chris Pine is a fuckboy. Yeah. And he would immediately be on Tinder after getting married. Um, And then all of a sudden, we get another earthquake, the the fucking giant is back she's looking Mm. for jack and emily blunt runs to a cliff for some reason and falls she's like where's the least safe place i could be in an earthquake she plummets to her death we don't see it we see her hand uh, like fall off of a branch and then it's implied right but i forget every single time that that happens and it's very very sad (laughs) she dies yeah um and so uh, the rest of the characters find Jack. Uh, and yeah. they're like, well, let's just offer him to the giant. And then this will all be behind us. And again, it's a fantasy musical. So you, you love the scene where everyone's together arguing, should we sacrifice a child uh, to <laughs> save our lives? And everyone starts <laughs> arguing over whose fault this situation is. And it's it's very Sondheim-y. And it turns yes. out, Turns out all of the characters are huge fuck-ups whose yeah. self-absorption forced them into this situation. Yes, exactly. It's like, it was you, it was you, it was you. It was all of your faults, honestly. Right. But eventually, it ends up on the witch. Right. Uh, which I get. <laughs> and so Yeah, she kind of started this whole thing. So, Corden runs away. He's confronted by the ghost of his father, I think. No, let's be uh, more specific. He runs away from his child. He's like, I, yes. this child will be better off without me. And yeah. he leaves. His slack mouth ass leaves. <laughs> so, 
but he, I, I wrote down he's like he, he runs into his father, like his father's ghost, right? Yeah. And that's what convinces him to come back. And they're like, we won't kill Jack. We're just going to use him as bait. Right. Right, right, right. So they're going to... <sighs> they're going to lure... Oh, because the witch turned into a swamp. Right. Okay, I don't remember sure. why. I don't remember why she turned into a swamp. And so they're like, let us uh, bring the giant into the swamp and then we will kill her. And they do that. <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense to me. How would three tiny people with tiny pebbles? Yeah, they, so they like slingshot, use slingshots, right? So it's a classic kind of David and Goliath setup. Um, and then, uh, so they kill the giant. They all decide to live together. James Corden's holding the baby and starts telling him the story of what happened. Uh, and that is the same narration at the beginning of the film. And you're like, yeah. oh no, is the film starting over? <laughs> <laughs> But this is where I got really sad because that song at the end is such a gorgeous, lovely, wonderful song. Mm -hmm. And we don't even get to hear it because the credits are rolling and people are leaving the theater. Yeah. Careful the things you say. Children will listen is the final song. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, melody. I really like it. It makes me emotional every time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't enjoy it. Also because Meryl sang it. But uh, it's fine. This movie is very long. And nothing really happens. I don't. I didn't learn a lesson, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say for me, this is an extended metaphor, right? The musical is, has all sorts of like double meanings and metaphors, and a lot of that just hasn't aged out of 1987 into 2014. So when you take yeah. the musical and strip it of metaphor and meaning, it's actually uh, the worst thing. It's just the absolute fucking worst. I did, there were moments, the throwaway moments, as you know, I'm a big fan of the throwaway moments, and when there were throwaway moments, I enjoyed them, Mm -hmm. and I thought they were really funny. I thought that they treated the Agony song as a throwaway moment. I really enjoyed it. I think it was Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rapunzel doesn't die, she just runs away, so that was kind of a, it was like, oh, I guess the story's over. That was Mm -hmm. kind of a bummer, Uh, but other than that, like... It would have been better with some theater people. Yeah. It would have, I mean, it would have been better with a different cast, but also I mean, like, we already have the stage version that you can watch. Yes. So like they just wanted Meryl to have it, I guess. <sighs> yeah, just uh, I regret picking this, but I found a review which Ooh. I enjoyed reading. Uh, because it's very funny to me because i think this is uh like the most damning with faint praise review (laughs) i've ever read okay or it's like so i'm gonna read this to you this is scott found us writing for variety magazine um and uh like just this is supposed to be a positive review of the movie is what i'm going to say okay so you let me know if this feels like a positive review to you. So here's Scott Foundas of Variety. Quote, A faithful, never particularly inspired, but supremely respectable version 
strong <laughs> reviews and family appeal should add, should earn Disney much more than a bunch of magic beans at the holiday box office with a long shelf life to follow. But the announcement that Disney was finally making Into the Woods still brought with it no shortage of anxieties, namely that the Mouse House would sand down the less family-friendly elements of the show, including its lascivious pederast wolf, an episode of marital infidelity, and a second act body count to rival Sondheim's own Sweeney Todd. For all those reasons and more, the chief virtue of this Into the Woods is a feeling of relief. Uh, Marshall hasn't made one of the great movie musicals here, but he hasn't bungled it either. Far from it. Aficionados who know the show by heart will fully recognize what they see here. While new audiences will more than get the gist, uh, and if so much as one tween viewer adds Sondheim to his or her iPod playlist alongside the likes of Let It Go, all will have been worthwhile. Wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just that like, was hey. the most like, passionate, lukewarm thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so it's like, hey, do you love the musical? You will recognize it. You will say, <laughs> oh yeah, that's Into the Woods. Yeah. Um, what about our friends at commonsensemedia.org, Nadia? Oh, Tony, everyone is so stupid. <laughs> and also so mad. Well, okay. You get, we, we have a variety of reviews. We have parents who have never seen the musical that took their kids. We have kids who have never seen the musical and were scared slash, like, grossed out by Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And then we have the people who were actual theater people who were like, this wasn't great, but <laughs> I recognized the, mo- the the songs, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I took one of each, basically. So this is from a parent of four kids. Uh, her subject is, horror is in the eye of the beholder. Though the violence is not graphic, it is psychological, and while tweens and up could handle it, kids 10 and under may have a difficult time discovering that people actually get their toes and heels cut off to fit into shoes, their eyes pecked out by birds and gouged by thorns, and wives who cheat on their husbands plummet to their death. My nine-year-old was sobbing from the smashing of the fairy tale myths and the killing of sympathetic characters, but my teenagers love the reality brought to bear. I would disagree with the ultimately uplifting tag, at least for the younger kids, as the film is disturbing at best, even till the very end. As for the older kids, why not learn to be wary of creepy wolves and that you don't need Prince Charming to be fulfilled, and that even if you lose your parents, you may still find kindness and family in other people. The bottom line is to know who is watching the film before deciding to see it. Again, another lukewarm review. But I, I think it's really funny that younger kids are like, I'm traumatized. You know, if you're, I think this could be a really fun experience for everyone in the audience. You know, if you're smart about like who's in the audience and kind of making sure that there aren't any people in the audience that wouldn't like it, then yeah, I think everyone will love it. <laughs> Okay, this is a one-star review. A parent of a 10-year-old, they say, Disney has sunk to the bottom of the pile showing a married woman passionately kissing someone other than her husband. (laughs) Again, like, the wolf tries to fuck a child. Like, Like, okay. Here are some interesting kid reviews. This is where I, I really was more interested parents whatever it makes sense to me that a lot of them are like i've never seen the musical Mm -hmm. that's fine but when a kid sees it that's what i want to know so this is a 14 year old that gave it two stars the singing was an issue for me i am totally (laughs) fine 
<laughs> Can't just say, off to a great start. <laughs> I am totally fine with musicals, but the characters sang a song every five seconds, and then the, <laughs> the singing became annoying. It's honestly the most accurate review we've read so far. I think it's really funny that they didn't know it was a musical. Oh, in another review, I'm not going to read, somebody did mention that the trailer made it seem like it wasn't a musical. And that's interesting. No, I don't think that's correct. I'm pretty sure the trailer is very obvious that this is a musical. Oh, okay. Okay, this is the last one. Another 14-year-old wrote a review, but this one gave it one star. Too much singing. (laughs) I know it's a musical, but it's also a movie. The talking should be more. The song of Mr. Wolf was quite disturbing, and all that smashing of the classical stories, I couldn't bear it. (laughs) People are so dumb. Yeah, I would say if you watch this movie not knowing what you're getting into, um, that is on you because... (laughs) Before this movie came out, it was a Broadway show for 17 years. Listen, we are in the era of information. Like, you can, there's you can no read excuse. a Wikipedia summary of this shit. There's like, no excuse. Well, folks, uh, at the at the moment we finished that review, Nadia's battery died. So uh, I'm going to basically uh, wrap up the show with my final thoughts. Uh, don't see the movie. Um, it's not good. Um, I have yet to see a thing James Corden is in that I've enjoyed uh, at all, even a little bit. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we will be watching another movie next week, uh, which will probably be better than this one. I mean, it kind of would fucking have to be uh and while you're waiting for that episode you can support the show at ko-fi.com ko-fi.com slash probably shoulda we are probably shoulda on facebook twitter and instagram we will see you next week bye first things first i'm realist drop this and let the whole world feel it and i'm still in the middle business i could hold you down like i'm giving lessons in physics you should want to be like this Drop it low and pick it up just like this Cup of Ace, cup of Goose, cup of Chris High heels, something with that fit on my stay. Taking all the liquor straight and never chase that Rooftop like we bring it 88 back Bring the hooks in, where the bass at Champagne spilling You should taste that, I'm so fancy You already know I'm in the fast lane Yeah, I can't.